Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How you doing? <laughs> you have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the, in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate 54 wiener. Oh, listen, Lavernius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. And just like that, we are into the second hour. This is the Barbecue Central Show. We talk about live fire barbecue and grilling items of the utmost importance that have transpired over the last week, if not longer, but we just haven't gotten to them. Like something that I think I'm going to get to finally that I haven't got to in three weeks. The show originating from Cleveland, Ohio. You might know it as... Palm City, USA. Cleveland. That's right. If you're just tuning in, you've missed the first hour. That's all right. Podcast will be up at some point early tomorrow morning. Second hour will be up on Thursday, and I'll tell you about Friday here in just one second. Still to come on this show this evening, Brian and Kirk from Turbo Trusser. We'll talk to them about Turbo Trusser, how they came up with it, how they got it to market, and ultimately how they ended up on the hit TV show Shark Tank a couple weeks ago and go through all the ins and outs of the appearance and if they were able to make any deals and if they did, what that currently looks like, if they didn't, why they didn't take any deals, all the fun stuff that I don't want to just ruin right off the bat here at the top of the second hour. We say good evening to those of you watching the show tonight through one of our video streaming platforms. If you can go to Facebook or Twitch slash BBQ Central Show to watch the show, also you can take it in via the YouTube slash RD Rempy, where there is a robust chat going on as well right now. We also say good evening to all of those folks using the audio streaming platform Clubhouse as well, although it's in a different version than it was when it originally started the show here this evening. But nevertheless, those of you that subscribe to me moved right along with it without fail. and That's great. So if you'd rather hear us instead of look at us, Clubhouse is the way to do that. Coming up on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less, episode 251 getting ready to take place, and we'll take you back to November 10th of 2015, so uh, seven years ago, almost a uh, little short of uh, to the day, but this brings us into week three of a five-week guest Hall of Famers segment and that continues right here on the best moments show and this week we're featuring the founder of the pit barrel cooker noah glanville now in this particular interview we talked about his background personally professionally for those of you that don't know noah was a navy corpsman attached to a marine outfit and did a bunch of military work, eventually contracted security after military, so he's seen a lot out there. And then after all that finally ended, we talked about how we got into the pit barrel business itself. And Noah originally made his first appearance about four years or so before that, if you can believe it. So sometime in 
2011 or early 2012, so we've known Noah here on the show for at least 10 years, and he has been associated with the show for much more than half of his time here as far as a sponsor portion. But outside of the sponsorship, just a great family, great business folks. They have a great product, a very loyal, dare I say, fervent following of the Pit Barrel. So I think you'll enjoy this coming Friday's Best Moment Show as Noah Glanville hits. And we're trying to line him up as we are with all the other Barbecue Central Show guest Hall of Fame inductees here in 2022. I have been in contact with Chris Lilly, with my mom, with Donnie Bray and Noah Glanville. So uh, the four that are still living are hoping to be on the show here over the next handful of weeks, potentially creeping into 2023 because as I just went through the schedule today, the show is filled out. So incredible stuff and I'm trying to get people in, but shows are filling up fast and furious. Now this is where I was normally going to tell you programming note, no show next week. But because the hurricane down in Florida had other ideas, it appears there will be a show next year, uh, next week. So you will find the likes of the embedded correspondence in the second hour. You will also find the likes of one bristly barbecue journalist, Derek Riches, from DerekRiches.com. And you will not find me on the beaches of Marco Island taking it in at the JW Marriott result. You will not, Andrew, you are not going to find me on the beach at Marco Island. Shame. That was the 25th anniversary trip. Thank God I got this trophy. Otherwise, I would be ultra sad. Now I'm just a little sad. The trophy makes a lot of it go away. Still, Marco Island at this time of year, I think it was almost snowing today. 37 degrees in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city. And dare I say balmy? No, I won't. It was cold. I thought the heat was on today. First time this year. So it's coming, folks. It is coming. Don't forget, if you want to hear a guest or segment again on the show that might be lost in the archive somewhere, email John and let him know what you'd like to hear. J-O-N, John, J-O-N at the BBQ Central Show.com. Don't forget the the. J-O-N at the BBQ Central Show.com. And then there's this. Uh-oh. I'm not going to purport ever to be somebody who has even a monicum of interest in fishing. Like for fun, pastime, sustenance. Fishing, I don't get. I think I get it less than soccer and hockey. And I don't get that at all. But like anything, a pastime can also be a competition. And it just so happens, maybe a month ago now, because I try to get to it every week, but I just couldn't get to it. And it's been a month or so. There's competition fishing tournaments that go on. Bass fishing, other types of fish, competition fishing. Well, what do we have here in the 
Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City right here on the North Coast. Lake Erie known for walleye. Yes, have I ever had them? No. But that didn't stop a gang of competitive fishermen from showing up on the shores of Lake Erie about a month ago and taking part in a walleye fishing tournament. And now, still, the country is talking about two dudes that caught a bunch of walleye. Now, that's not necessarily the problem. I would assume that these guys would be fairly good anglers because they're in the competitive side of things. They wore really loud jackets that had a bunch of sponsorships plastered all over them along with their boat. But the thing that really pushed these guys over the edge was a little thing we call cheating. Uh Now you might ask yourself, it's fishing. How do you cheat on fish? You catch the fish, you put the fish in the boat, you give the fish to a judge and they weigh it and you can't pass off a 80 pound, 80, I'm throwing numbers out like I know I'm talking about an 80 pound tuna. You can't pass that off as a walleye. Like these fishermen know their fishes. So these guys thought they would do a little extra trickery. Tomfoolery, hijinks, dare I say hoodwinkedness on this fishing stuff. They caught their walleyes, they opened up those walleyes' gullets, and they started pumping in egg sinkers down their guts, adding artificial weight to the fish. And then they turned those fish in, and then they weighed those fish, and then a bunch of the other competitive fishermen looked at the size of those fishes and looked at the size of those weights and said, "Uh uh-uh, we challenge the weight of that fish. That's poppycock. Well, what did the judges do? They whipped those fish right out of the buckets, took a fish knife to the side of those fish, ran them through, and guess what? Things were pumped full of egg sinkers. You can't do that. And now what do we have? We have a melee because you have very angry anglers. Can't say that very quickly without stuttering. How dare you? Cheating? Oh! My brother-in-law was like right in the middle of it. I didn't even know he was a competitive fisherman. I saw him on the news 50 times. Now, from what I've read, these guys have strung together a number of tournament wins in a row and have amassed a number uh, or a bunch of winnings, like to the tune of $3 million. So, hey, if you're going to cheat, $3 million is a number to cheat for. I've seen plenty of people go to jail around me for stealing like $1,300 or less. At least these dudes have real money goals. That being said, there's only one sport worse than soccer, and it's fishing. By the way, there is an update. As of the other day, both men have been charged with cheating, attempted grand theft, possessing criminal tools, unlawful own ownership of wild animals. They could face jail time of up to a year and fines of up to $3,000. But considering they've won $3 million in prizes, like $3,000 is a chump change. They probably have it in their pockets. However, jail, 
that might bring a whole new respect for cheating. You know, because of the anal rape Uh in jail. Yes. Try cheating that. I don't think so. Anyway, learn your lesson, catch your fish, turn them in unweighted, and then you don't have to potentially go to jail and pay money and fines and be very embarrassed for your cheating on competitive fishing. Kirk and Brian are ready to go in the green room. Before we talk with them, I'll talk to you about Primo Grills. What do we love about ceramic cookers? We love that they're fuel efficient. We love that you can achieve low and slow temperatures for traditional barbecue meats. We love that you can get really high temperature for grilling of steaks and other thin cuts. But what's missing? The ability to do a true two-zone cook. Why? Because it's round. Enter Primo Grill and their game-changing oval design. The shape gives you the ability to execute a two-zone setup that you desire. Also gives you the other ceramic grill benefits as well. 60 different ways to cook on this beast for crying out loud. They also have all the accessories that you want. Here's the bottom line. Best ceramics in the biz, yes. Patented technology, yes. True two-zone cooking capabilities. I just said that. Multiple sizes of ovals, yes. Do they have a round one? Yes. But get the oval. Stop it. Visit primogrill.com, find a dealer near you and check them out in person or follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Primogrill.com. We're back with Turbo Truster right after this. Stick around. Be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. This portion of the show being brought to you by Smithfield. The popular Smoking with Smithfield grant program applications are currently live at smokingwithsmithfield.com. In order to help deepen prize pools, Smithfield will once again be awarding $3,000 to the selected competitions. Applications are open until December 3rd. Also... The Committed Cooks program will be back in 2023. Participating teams will receive premium swag, kits, coupons, and other prizes throughout the season. Sign up at smokinwithsmithfield.com. As I had mentioned in the first hour, we all love poultry of any form or any fashion. We all hate trussing. I mean, what the hell is even trussing? I don't even know. But these guys know all about it. We race to the hotline and welcome in the creators of the Turbo Trusser, Brian and Kirk. Hey, guys. What's going on, Greg? We are... Hi, Greg. I'm happy Hi, to, Greg. Hi, there we go. That's right. Hand, as yeah, we as we, we said in the go. test, hand job that microphone. Yeah, hand job. That's right. All right. Yeah. Hey, Greg, how you doing, man? Uh, fabulous. And so we have Brian on the mic right now. Kirk is to the right if you are looking at the screen here and they are the inventors of the turbo trusser which we'll talk about here in just a second and in 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 phenomenal detail as far as the tv appearance is concerned i ran into these guys in person a handful of weeks ago over at the hartville hardware grill fest competition turbo trusser was obviously being sold there and brian was very excited to say hey watch this shark tank and then i immediately started inquis- uh, inquiring him about well was there a deal but he's like i well, i can't say anything about it but just watch it and i was like mm, well now i have to think about all this stuff for a number of weeks 
and we finally reached the pinnacle moment so we can talk about all I assume we can just talk about everything at this point because everything's been released so before we get into yeah, any, absolutely okay so before we get into any of that you guys have unique backgrounds outside of if folks just know you from turbo trusters so brian you have the microphone first if you could paint a picture of brian's life pre turbo trusser slash invent all right so um basically for the last uh, 18 years i've been in the pharmaceutical sales industry uh i you know I, i'm in sales i i interact with uh you know physicians uh, selling i've been selling different uh you know from vaccines to hiv medications uh which is where i'm currently at and uh you know everything in between so i've been doing that for about 18 years and uh i met kirk um six years ago when he was renovating my house somebody had recommended i didn't know kirk somebody recommended that he renovate my house you know for a renovation specialist and uh you know we met and we had a couple different quotes and we ended up going with kirk and he was at our house for probably six months or more and he was an, an inventor before me so it, it was a big project but you know if, if you know contractors if they tell you they're going to be done in three months you better add at least a month to it, maybe maybe two. So uh, I met Kirk doing that, and Kirk was he was a contract uh, renovation specialist, and you know we didn't know each other, but he was an inventor when he came to me, and as he was working on my project for six months, we became friends, and he would show me he had this wrench that he invented, and he would show me this wrench, and we would talk about it, and it really got me excited into inventing. Hmm. And at some point after that, we decided, hey, let's invent some stuff together, but let's find a, a market that we both really enjoy. And at that point, we, we both started inventing for the barbecue industry. And I'll kind of let Kirk tell a little bit about his background because it's unique as, you know, he was renovating my house. But before that, I'll let him tell you, he, he's a chef, a trained chef. So we'll, we'll let him go into that. All right, Brian, give us your uh, background a little bit here. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Kirk Highest. Uh, you know, I grew up in Canton, Ohio. And, uh, you know, I started out, uh, my father was a steel worker. But uh, when I graduated from high school, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to go to college. You know, it was like, uh, I wasn't like college material, but I did like to cook. So I worked a couple years, went to culinary school at the Culinary Institute of America in Hyde Park, New York. And uh, I was a chef for about three and a half, four years, something like that, got burnt out. And then I started working in the construction trades. And then I solved problems every day. Were you, was um, an inventor from, were you a construction lover of something, like just a handy guy growing up? You learned that from your dad and stuff? Or did you just decide to yeah, get yeah, out yeah, of yeah. food and into building stuff? I think a little bit of both. I, my father was pretty handy. And, uh, but just to get out of the construction, I started painting and then I started, uh, I worked for a company that renovated a lot of houses, uh, the single guy or not a single guy, but a sole proprietor. Um, but I learned how to renovate houses and that's how I ended up. I was been a, a contractor for the last 20, 25 years. And that's how I met Brian. And, but I had to solve problems and, uh, you know, I came up with a, an idea for a wrench, but that is, uh, you know, that's not why we're here. It's because of the turbo trusser. So that's pretty much my background. From a, a barbecue invention standpoint, 
and we'll talk about the turbo trucker here in a second. What other stuff either have you invented that hasn't seen the light of day or that you've invented that has seen the light of day that we might know about or might currently own? Well, there are several. Uh, the first uh, idea, that first invention Brian and I had together uh, was called the Smokestacks Pans. And uh, we did a successful Kickstarter on that. And, uh, we, you know, we got funded and they were they were popular but they were hard to clean and then uh what, then we had the smoking griddle I'll let him talk about that. well i'll just say with the smokestacks uh, you know our original idea for smokestacks was to it was to be a fo a stackable foil pan and we had the you know the the, the designs and we were going to go into manufacturing but it was very expensive to to manufacture a foil pan tooling alone was like a hundred thousand dollars and we're just two guys that had an idea. So what we did was we did a Kickstarter, but we found a guy, you know, we're in Canton, you're up in Cleveland. We found a guy here at about 30 minutes away, an Amish foundry, and they actually sandcasted the smokestacks pans. We did a, a Kickstarter. We, we sent those out. We fulfilled all those orders. But when we started inventing together, our goal was really to license products. And so that means basically we, we come up with an idea and we rent it to a company and they give us a small percentage uh, for manufacturing and distributing our patented idea. So after we did the kick, the Kickstarter for smokestacks, we, we, we really, our goal was to try to license it. And we were unsuccessful at doing that. Uh, but you know, we, Kirk and I, we probably invented uh, three or four other barbecue products along the way. And eventually we came to Turbo Trusser, which was, uh, you know, our, our easiest product to manufacture. It, it was probably the product with the biggest market being poultry, chicken and turkeys. And so, you know, we initially tried to license that product too. We went to, uh, you know, all the biggest manufacturers, Big Green Egg, Weber, you name them. We, we contacted them and said, hey, what do you guys think about this product? And, you know, we got some really good feedback. And, and that's why we ended up venturing the product because, uh, we were trying to license it right in the middle of COVID and, you know, companies were just trying to bring their product, just get product from, you know, China over here to sell, let alone bringing on new products. So, uh, you know, it was at that point we decided that we were going to see if we can make it ourselves. We found suppliers in Northeast Ohio, which is where we're located. And we said, you know what, if we can do this here, let's let's do it in Northeast Ohio and see what we can do. Whose idea was and, the Turbo uh, Truster? I, I, you know, it's both of our ideas, really. I, I think I called Kirk one day and said, hey, I, you know, I was trying to trust a chicken. And I said, this is ridiculous. There's got to be a better way. And then the two of us put our heads together and we came up with the product together. Kirk, how easy is it to develop Turbo Trusser. How quickly does it go from concept to getting something sellable? Well, it took um, from the beginning design until we had something sellable. It was about a year. It was about a year. Uh, you know, our, our we had some guy doing some CAD drawings for us, and uh, you know, he took he. It should have been less than a year, but uh, we're talking about laser cutting because you know we had everything laser cut. Cause you know, I, I first made everything out of wood just because it was easy. We tested everything out of wood because I'm a carpenter and I could just, you know, I have the, the, you know, the little jigsaw is what yeah, it really took. Wooden, we made a wooden turbo trusser. <laughs> yeah. How does that work in the grill? Exactly. 
garbage stuff out of As long as you're going indirect, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to put it on a rotisserie. That's for damn sure. No, you're not going to deep fry with the prototype made of wood. Yeah, but it took about a year. Um, but it could have took maybe eight months, but you know, just still kind of, kind of, uh, not very long, but, uh, yeah, it did, uh, take a little bit of time. Initial. So are you getting it made first and then you're taking it out to, well, I guess you tried to get it licensed first, right? And that didn't work. So now you're going to go manufacture it yourself. You get the prototype. So are you hitting immediately brick and mortar stores, specialty stores, grocery stores where's the first market to hit that you think is going to bring you the best return so so what we did was um yeah we had to purchase we purchased ten thousand units to start with had no idea if if we were going to sell you know 10 of them uh let alone ten thousand. and uh what we did was you know obviously we wanted to take it to retail but the first thing we did was if you're on facebook I'm in probably a hundred different barbecue groups. There's a barbecue group for every type. There's probably four of them for every grill type. And then there's a million just generic barbecue groups. And what we did was we, we literally just, we cooked with our product and we posted pictures with it. And people said, what is that? And we told them and we launched our product November 1st of 2021. And by posting pictures on Facebook and a little bit of advertising, we sold fifty thousand dollars worth of turbo trusters in November and December of last year. What's the initial outlay for you guys? Uh, the CAD drawings, you know, all the ramp up. Obviously, the initial purchase. What are you guys in right off the bat before you make one sale? I, yeah, yeah, I think we're at least in seventy five thousand before one sale. <sighs> I mean to a Mr. Wonderful or a Cubes or somebody like this. I mean, they got it walking around, but 75 grand to me is a pretty big gamble where if it doesn't pay off, uh, I'm going to answer to another boss who's not going to be very happy if the return doesn't come back. So I assume that's a huge motivator for you guys, but uh, do you guys split in that potential pain or do you have a business venture account that you can just draw from? How does that look? So what we, we, we actually got a, uh, we had a venture capitalist that come in. We, we were able to pre pre market. Basically we, we had a shark, uh, you know, our own shark, so to we speak, had seed money. Yeah. we had seed money and we were able to, you know, we, we had to take and sell part of our company. Uh, but we were able to raise $50,000 and then the rest of it was ours to be able to bring the product to market. Hmm. So it goes very well, pretty much right off the bat on some pretty basic stuff going on the Facebook groups, using social media to your advantage. So as you and Kirk talk about whatever this next level is, I mean, what was the goal after people passed on the license and now you're making it, now you're selling it yourself? What's What did you think initially the, the stretch goal was for TurboTruster? Was it still somebody to come in and stroke you a, a big check, say, hey, now we see it works? We've been secretly stalking you on the internet, and now we want to write you the the sunset check. That's a great. I mean, That's a good question. that is a great cr- question, and I think you know, there's always in the back of your mind, you're hoping somebody will come in and do that. But the bottom line is that rarely happens. And for us, we just decided that you know, if I could take it back, we actually licensed Kirk's wrench, and we licensed another product. That's uh, it, it was a 
it was a, a basting lid for smoking for it was a basting lid for flat top griddles so blackstone loco uh you name it if it's a flat top and in our design you could actually smoke on your on your on your flat top so you could add smoke to your your flat top foods so we we licensed two products and both of those products that we licensed the companies that we licensed to failed to bring them to market so we had no control we sign over there's no guarantees they say yeah we're going to do our best to bring it to market COVID hits neither company is able to bring them to market so at this point we're like you know what we're going to do turbo trusser ourselves you know we're going to venture it and if we sell all ten thousand units we're going to just try to invest every penny back in and, and see if we can do it again <laughs> we had no idea whether we'd be able to sell ten thousand units or, or 10 units like i said so you know we had a really successful first two months and then obviously after christmas things tail off but we were able to bring on some distributors you know we have over 80 retail stores that are carrying our product and of course, uh, you know, Shark Tank, uh, you know, obviously was a, a, a surprise to us. We never expected to make that. Um, so, you know, really where we're at in less than a year has been unbelievable. Excuse my naivete in asking this question, but when you talk about licensing, I don't know exactly how that works. So when you make these two deals and those companies then fail to bring these items to market, are they not paying you a certain amount up front for the the concept or the idea or is it just understood that they're going to you're going to license this and then at the point of them selling stuff you're going to start getting some kind of a percentage of sale or something along these lines. Yeah, yeah, actually I'm a specialist in licensing. I worked for uh, uh I was a coach for a leading uh licensing company uh, that helps inventors. Um, but yeah, like what happens is when you license a product, what you do is you rent your idea to them. Like you, you have uh, intellectual property or perceived ownership and you'll take your product and you'll ask a company, Hey, would you like to license this from me? Which what they'll do is give you a royalty. Like they do all the manufacturing, they do all, they do everything. And the only thing you do is take a, a small cut, which is usually uh, five. Yeah. Once they sell, once they hit the market, they hit 5%. However, 5% of um, gross or 5% of net? Uh, a gross. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. Gross, gross yeah. on their sales. So whatever yeah, they yeah, gross. for to the retail. Exactly. Okay. Not gross. what it sold, sells at retail. Right. Yes. Gross. But, but you know, the thing is, is when you're licensing, uh, to get back to your question, uh, you know, there, there are a couple of things. You have minimum guarantees, which means they'll give you a certain amount every year, uh, no, matter no matter what, before your product is, you know, is on the shelves. Or they'll give you a performance clause, which says, okay, we're going to license your product, but we have to do something within one year with your product or you get your license back. <laughs> but basically, you rent, you rent your idea to the companies. For a royalty, for a small royalty, so it is a long shot. All right, so that's and, and in our case, in, in our case, the question you asked was, we didn't get a minimum guarantee, so we were not getting paid anything unless they brought it to market. Hmm. Do you have the turbo trusser patented or protected in in any way? Yep. So we're patent pending on the turbo trusser. Uh, we have a trademark as well, and uh, you know that's about as solid as you can get. So we're in 80 stores, we're a year old, things are going pretty well, and now we're going to be venturing into talking about the TV show, which I'm very excited about. 
Uh, can you guys hang on just for a moment while I do a quick piece of business and then we'll do a little Shark Tank? You got it. All right, stand by. We're talking with Brian and Kirk from TurboTrusser. TurboTrusser.com is the website. Go there and pick one up, especially if you like the trust look because you will be trussed up in about eight seconds. I've seen it a billion times. I saw Chef Wonderful do it and at least 50 people on YouTube do it and people are... The, the thing that resonates with me is, oh, I'm done already? So that means it's a good product. So if you like doing that, TurboTrusser is the way to go. TurboTrusser.com You know what else is great? Week 16 of the Do Wellness program. Today was press day. We've added even more weight. Here's the even better news. Guess what? From last week to this week, I'm up three pounds, believe it or not. That's right. And I'm not fat. This is all muscle coming on because we're doing it the right way with David Leans. And now my barbecue friends, you can do it. I mean, think about it. I just said week 16. Can you imagine if you would have started with me 16 weeks ago, how much further ahead you would be with me 16 weeks right now? That's right. So stop procrastinating. Join the venture with me davidleans.com slash bbq to sign up right now davidleans.com slash bbq we're three months away from the new year when you're going to lie to yourself about how you're going to get into shape and you're going to do all this stuff but no you're not let's plan now to do it let's knock off let's get out of the barbecue medium which is a triple extra large and get into a real human large takes time takes effort takes commitment takes accountability and that's what david mcdowell provides for you especially in the accountability side love the weekly check-ins love the fact that i can shoot him a text or give him a call ask him questions about things that may or may not be on the eating plan and again it's a lifestyle i'm totally bought into it and it's working for me and i think it can work for you as well and you can save money because you're just a fan of the show because he's a fan of the show davidleans.com slash bbq that's davidleans.com slash bbq. Target weight for me, 185. So we're 12 pounds away from that. Hoping to get there by, I don't know, middle of next year. Because as we know from a couple weeks ago, building muscle takes months. Don't expect 10 to 15 pounds of muscle to come on at the same rate that I took it off. That was a little depressing. But now that I've readjusted the mind, we're going to 185, like it or not. Got to keep eating. We're back with Turbo Trust. Stick around. We'll be right back. Let's get back to a guy who has more experience giving you his opinion than he actually has cooking. Once again, here's your host. Greg Rampey. And we welcome you back. Kirk and Brian are right here with me from Turbo Trusser, the website turbotrusser.com. So check it out here while we're talking. If you're not already familiar with it or if you're not already a customer, but a lot of you in the instant chat appear to be and you're very happy with it. So now we are going to be talking. Put it back up there again, Kirk. I just blew out the screen there so everybody can see what we're talking about. That's it. I mean, it's a very uh, uh, 
tight package, if you will. Uh, that sounds weird uh-huh. to say it out loud. But, uh, you know, it's nothing huge. It's going to fit right in the drawer, uh, easily cleanable. It looks all stainless. So, you know, all the all the good stuff right there. And, uh, you know, you stick the feet in uh, in that big part. And then the you got these other hooks that go. Uh, they, do they go in the wings or do they go in the breast of the meat? What? They they go into the the wings of the beast. Okay. Yeah, so that's the way to that's the way to do it. Easy stuff. And as I said, when I'm watching the video, the thing that I see over and over again is boom. Oh, I'm done already. Instead of you know the twine. I mean, Kirk, you were probably a trussing expert to some degree as a culinary institute of uh, American professional, but who's got time to truss when you have to do all this other stuff? And now you've invented something that can literally take it done in, in six seconds, which is why you call it turbo trusser. I would imagine. It, were there other names for it before Brian? Uh, t- you know, I think turbo trusser, we, we also have trademarked easy truss, you know, that's something we could use down the road, but turbo trusser is kind of where we landed on this one. Uh, but y- you never know. There were, there were many names, but <laughs> trusser. did you think about putting up uh, naming rights or let's have a name competition from, the fans of the product before you landed on it officially well because we 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 came up with the name and trademarked it before we ever launched (laughs) it so we had to have that and have that all secure before we ever let the public know how does uh shark tank come about so i mean we probably over the last couple of years have been told, I don't know, a hundred different times we should go on Shark Tank with our products. And and most of them probably didn't warn us being on there. And, and frankly, if we went on there, uh, Kevin probably would have told us to take them out behind the barn and shoot them, which is what he does often. But, you know, we came, you know, when we, when we finally launched this product, I submitted to them pretty much right away. I think after we launched the product, I went on online and, and I'll take it back. Shark Tank used to be like American Idol where you would, they would have open calls in, in city to city and you would actually go there and do a pitch and we would be in these crazy hats and we'd go there and pitch our product. And if you moved on to the next round, they would narrow it down until you got to the show. Well, COVID changed all that and everything went to an online submission form. So uh, 40 to 50,000 people apply for Shark Tank every year. Roughly about 150 people might tape and maybe 100 people might air. Wow. Um, but so what I, what we did was, you know, in, in when the product launched, I applied for Shark Tank, didn't hear anything back. When we sold 50,000 units in the first or $50,000, I'm sorry, worth of product in the first two months, I went back and reapplied. Uh, I figured now we've got some sales. Maybe this is going to change things. Who knows? I mean, it was a very simple process to apply. So I figured, why not? And I went back and probably applied again, maybe at the beginning of February. And maybe in April, we got a, I got a phone call saying that Shark Tank was interested in hearing from us and they'd like to you know, learn more. And from that point, it was, uh, you know, a, a whirlwind of information of, of, uh, requirements that we had to give them, uh, pitch. We had to do practice pitch videos, sending in those type of things. And, you know, it was, it was, it was really a lot of information we had to submit. And every, every time we would talk to them, they would tell us that, listen, thanks for sending this information in. There's no guarantee we're going to even need you next week. And that, that was the case all the way up until they told us we were going to go 
and film. And we ended up filming July 16th is when we filmed uh, for the show and what we aired November or September 30th. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's a long process. You go, you know, you, you're submitting all this information. They're, they're telling you there's no guarantees. Just hold tight. We'll let you know next week if you've made it through the next round. And, you know, here we are today. Uh, Kirk, it's easy for me to ask, is it worth it to have done all of the hoop jumping uh, previous because you got on the show and that's, of course, what everybody aspires to do. But taking that out of it, is it more of an ass ache to continue to meet all these hoops and hope you get in? Or regardless, if you would have ever showed up on TV or not, it was worth the effort. Yeah, it's definitely worth the effort. I mean, I'm a person that has nothing to lose. I have only to gain. So going on the show was a dream. I mean, you know, it was a dream. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, yeah, we, we gave up a little bit more than we wanted to, but you know what, in hindsight, it's, it's, it's better just because we, you know, we accomplished the goal, but yeah, for me personally, I mean, I started inventing in 2014. And I just now started like reaping a little bit of rewards. Even I'm really not making anything yet. We're, we are a little bit, but it's just that it's the goal. And to get here is it's a dream come true, actually. And you're still working yeah. a quote unquote day job. You're still the, the, the a- contract absolutely. specialist. Yeah, I, I have. Yeah, exactly. I have two jobs now. I'm a contractor <laughs> and I work for Turbo Trusser. Hmm. So. You know, I do ceramic tie. I do pretty, I renovate houses. So yep. yeah, I do everything. Brian, you're still a farm rep too and turbo trusser. Yep. You got it. Yep. Doing both jobs, burning the midnight oil. So let's start from the beginning here. I'm going to try and, you know, roll through as chronological as possible. And uh, so just answer like the direct question. It'll be easy to want to just kind of break off here, but I'm trying to, you know, hit certain steps here for the folks that maybe haven't taken it. And by the way, if you haven't seen it, you can go on YouTube and there's some guy who says he's some kind of entrepreneur uh, expert that really does a good job at showing the clip and he gives his own two cents, but who cares what he thinks. But you can see the whole clip that way. That was really the only way I could find it um, in any decent form. So originally you come in, they're showing you full chicken or poultry regalia. It's not just the hats, it's the full uh, bodysuit and everything. So that's certainly worth the price of admission if you haven't seen that. And the initial ask is $100,000 for 10% of the business. And uh, right off the bat, I'm no uh, Shark Tank expert per se, but I'm a pretty savvy business guy. And I know the people that are on that stage and where their net worths are and where their revenues are. And $100,000 to me seems like, you know, Cubes could stand up and peel that out of his wallet and he, all of a sudden he owns 10% of the turbo truster and it's, and it's no big deal. So how do you come up with $100,000 for 10% of the company? That's a great question. It's a, a lot of it is, is, you know, guessing the potential for your company taking into account if you've raised any money in the past, which we did. So, you know, there was a valuation of the company that when we raised the money and then from there, you know, we, we took that initial valuation when we had no sales, we now have sales. You kind of just, you, you make it, it, it almost is a guess. 
some companies that that go on there certainly have a lot more information. We we only had you know eight 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 nine months of sales, um, but for us, you know, we 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 wanted to go in there with something that was workable. We didn't want to go in there asking for you know uh, five hundred thousand for five percent, and and these guys are like, are you kidding me? We wanted to make sure that there was an offer on the table that we were flexible enough because I always hear the sharks say. I need enough percentage to get up and get out of bed to make this work, right? Uh, they want to make it worthwhile for them. So that's why we went in with, you know, at 100,000 and 10%. And we knew that there was going to be some uh, negotiations there. So we, we had the, uh, you know, we went in knowing that we had some flexibility there. As far as the, I'll call it the, the staged pitch, which is, you know, you, you go in, hey, I'm Brian, I'm Kirk, we're asking for 100,010 and just the turbo, the boom, boom. I've seen it, you know, a, a, a very good handful of times. Uh, I've seen all the barbecue guys go in there. Heath Hall and his partner from Pork Barrel Barbecue a handful of years ago was one that really sticks in my mind as guys having a really great initial pitch. And then once they got into unscripted questions and, and having to answer, I don't want to say they fell apart because they ended up getting a deal with Barbara, but uh, it, it seemed a lot less fluid when they were answering, when they were being uh, deposed and, and questioned by the Sharks versus just going through their spiel. Did you guys work on that a lot? Because it always seems like that's a very fluid part of the whole portion of that TV show. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to answer it because this dude was Billy Mays on there. <laughs> like I told him, it's like, I, I always told him, it's like, you're like Billy Mays. He can sell. He's like really good, you know, like me, like I fumbled, jumbled around. I made, I, I took a deep breath, made it through, but I got to give kudos to this dude. He's like Billy Mays. And, and for, for what you were saying, you know, the only part of, of Shark Tank that's scripted is your pitch. You walk in the first, what, 90 seconds, you do your pitch. And then after that, everything is unscripted. Mm. It's it's really I mean what you see on TV is is obviously a, a a small portion. We were probably in the tank for forty minutes, and they probably cut it down to seven or eight minutes yeah. of what you see on TV. Uh, and and really it's it's really intense in there. Sharks talking over each other, questions coming in very fast. What you see on TV, it seems like oh they ask you a question, you get the answer. It it's not like that at all. It's very. Uh, rapid fire answer the questions and and everybody's kind of talking over each other it's it's really intense you show them the product you have poultry at the ready to have them taste uh look if i'm being honest and, I, and i'm going to make a statement here that's going to be very controversial i don't think trusting makes one fucking difference uh, i don't uh, I've been doing this a long time. Uh, I'm I'm a a huge believer in spatchcocking for any number of reasons. Now, if you want to keep the whole bird for, um, you know, old timey sake, uh, this and that, I mean, that's fine, or, or that's what you like to see. Your Rotisserie table. or deep frying. Sure, right. I mean, go ahead, do that. Uh, I can see where that makes a lot of sense, but that's just my personal opinion. They they all seem to love the taste, Brian. I think you said that the turbo trusser seals in the juices. But we know that's not true at all. That's not even a thing. Like nothing seals in the juices. There's a Maillard reaction, which I'm sure is what you meant to say. But 
Here's, uh, I would imagine that is yeah, what I meant to course, say. Of course, of course you did. I so, was obviously nervous. I mean, who wouldn't be? You're in front of uh, people that have a combined net worth of $748 trillion. So I would be deucing right, myself, exactly. no doubt about it. Now, uh, they're eating it. They're loving it. I believe to myself, all of them bought in to at least the concept of why this thing is A, totally valid, and B, could be totally sellable. So you get to Robert, then you get to Lori, then you get to Barbara, and they all echo the same sentiments, which is what I thought initially off the top with the $100,000 ask. Not big enough for me. So my question is, when you hear that once, eh, okay, somebody's got to stick up their ass, but then you hear it again, and then you hear it again. Did you think at all ever that you should have came in at that $500,000 or $750,000 to get interest? Because sometimes... You know, when I'm quoting sponsors for the show, if I'm talking to a really big company, maybe I'm just throwing out numbers here. Uh, maybe a thousand dollars a month is a lot to Turbo Trusser or Johnny Cakes, right, yeah. uh, Johnny Cakes Rub in Hiram. But Weber doesn't even consider it because it doesn't even affect their budget. It, like that's not enough to even get their interest. It should be twelve thousand dollars a month or fifteen thousand dollars a month. So. When you're hearing it now three times from three different sharks, do you ever say, man, we might have under, underbid or, or underproposed? No, because I think what, what, you're, what you're hearing them say is it's not big enough as a business, not big enough as a, a, a ask. They're saying they didn't believe that there was a big enough market, hmm. right? And I tell them, no, there is a big enough market. 87 million turkeys are cooked between Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Easter. Yep. And a billion chickens are cooked in that same amount of time frame. So maybe it's not a billion, but it's several hundred million. If there's 87 million turkeys that are cooked, there certainly is 100 plus million chickens. And I think what they couldn't understand was that the market is humongous and that they were trying to, to to understand how do I tap into that market, right? It's not big enough for me. I, I but but you know that's why Chef Wonderful could understand it, is that he saw the value that there is a huge market for this. I know you said you don't spatchcock, but if you want a rotisserie of chicken, you need some butcher's line. If you're going to deep fry, you're not going to spatchcock it. And I've never seen anybody spatchcock anything and put it in the oven. What? Have you cooked a spatchcock chicken in the oven? Yes. Like I've never all seen the time. a post on Facebook. Well, I mean, why why wouldn't you cook it in the oven if you're going to put it in a grill spatchcock? Why wouldn't you do it in the oven? I've never seen. I mean, I've never. You know, for the most part, if the women are cooking a lot in indoors. Whoa! Right? What are we? If, if we're uh, talking outdoors. I mean, men cook indoors outdoors. too. Men cook indoors too. Yeah, I'd say, but the majority of women cook inside, and I, I don't know a whole lot of women that are taking butcher shears and cutting the backbone out and putting it in the oven, to be honest. I'm not saying it doesn't work. It, it's a, certainly a, a valid method of cooking. Yeah. No doubt about that. Yeah. Spatchcocking is... I, a, a, I, like a, I mean, that that's certainly... I mean, everybody's got their method of cooking, whether you want to cook hot and fast or low and slow, right. spatchcock or truss. There's, a, there's room for everybody. And we're not saying that there's one better than the other by any means. When, uh, when, so when Mark Cuban said it's not scalable, is that similar to what the other three said as far as not being big enough? Are they all in the same line there then? I think so. I think they're saying scalable, meaning 
you know, they don't see the, that it's a big enough business for them to invest in. Then, Mr. Wonderful. Here he is, Kevin O'Leary, a guy who has a watch collection that I envy to the stars and back. Perhaps I don't even come back. I just keep going past all of the stars. And, and pens. And, yeah, but I'm I'm a watch guy, so I don't you know I don't care about pens too much. Um, he's he's in. He as you said, he's he's seeing value here. Now maybe because everybody else took a shit on it, he is also seeing a best position for him. Now he can come in and make some weird offer because everybody blood else is water, already man. backed There's off. Blood in the water. Everybody's backed off. He's a shark. He's the only one left. You know, we don't know where we're at here. So he comes back and says, okay, you're looking for $100,000 at 10%. How about I take 33% ownership for that $100,000? Oh, and $1 for each unit sold for the next two years. No, for the next ever. Forever. Forever. If you sold 758 million turbo trussers, he would get 758 million extra dollars on top of the 33% stake that he has in that company. And uh, so before we get into the negotiating side of this, because there was some back and forth between you and Kevin, if I can be very blunt with you guys, and this is, and I don't know how TV works and, I can only see you how the editors make it see you. But it seems like you guys were in there. Uh, you were going to make a deal hell or high water. Is that the case? Absolutely. Or, or was there, or was there a, was there a no possibility? Well, I mean, I think if, if it would have came back at 50%, we probably would have had to say no, but you know, we, we literally went out there. We had $600 left in our bank account for our company, and we had about 3500 in receivables. <laughs> so we had nothing to lose, like Kirk said. Yeah. You know, this is our, you know, sixth product that we've invented together. We knew we had a winner. We just needed somebody to take a chance on us. And haven't I said it earlier in the show, these guys don't get out of bed for 5%. Yeah, you give them 500000 for 5%, they're only half 5% of the company. Now this guy's got 33% of the company, and he gets a buck every time we sell one. Mm. I'm hoping that gets him out of bed. Do you and Kirk have extensive conversations before you go into, okay, let's try and game plan, uh, game plan worst case offer scenarios and where we decide to say no is it 50 percent or you know was it closer to 40 percent or how, how does that conversation well, work I, between I, you two? I, I don't think we even i think to be honest we thought 30 percent would have been high but when you're in the moment and he asked for 33 percent, we went back and forth in the dollar i mean we literally i don't know what the show, i can't remember how many times the show showed, showed us go back and forth but i have it we definitely i have it. We went so, back five times, maybe. So you counter, well, on TV, you counter with 20% and the $1 uh, perpetuity. Kevin rebuffs immediately. Like, no, not going to do it. Then you raise to 25%. He rebuffs. And at that point says, you've invented five other things and they're all dogs. So now he's really right. playing hardball. And then he sells... 
to you guys, again, why you should partner with him. He throws in some pizza oven that I've never heard of before. And just to show you that he can get behind the product and it's like the best selling pizza oven or whatever. And uh, then he starts to take it away from you guys. Hey, if you don't want it, guys, you know, just go ahead and say no. So now he's doing the yard. I mean, Brian, you're a sales guy. I mean, this is the classic pull the sale away from the customer tactic. And then, no doubt, uh, he stays uh, classically after that, he stays silent. And then you guys like kind of do a little peek at each other and ultimately pull the trigger on 33% and, and the doubt. Did anybody ever think about saying, hey, okay, on the 33%, but once you get your money back, how about we reduce the dollar to 50 cents or a quarter or, or now is this just minutia negotiating? Yeah, you know, I'd say we, I, I'm certain that we asked that. It maybe didn't air on television. Like I said, there's 40 plus minutes probably we were in there. I know that we asked that. Um, but at that point, you know, we, we felt like it was worth it. There was no, we had no other options left. Again, yeah. there was blood in the water. He was the last shark on the, in, oh, he in seemed open. unrelenting. Like every time you started to bring up a, a counter, it was just like, no, 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 no. It's literally my way or the highway. Well, and they didn't show it, but Lori, you know, right in that moment, she literally looked over it to him and said, Kevin, you told us you were going to have a heart today. <laughs> and he looked over and said, not on this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He raked us over the coals because he knew we were desperate, man. He could see it. I mean, we're out there in turkey chicken outfits, man, but we worked so hard to get here. We were going to take, I mean, we're still going to make good money. You know? Yeah. We're not going to break the bank, but you know what? Everything's going to be spread around just nice. Everybody's going to make a couple bucks. Obviously, Kevin's going to make a little bit more than us, but that's why we have a shark. So, what does it, what does it look like now? The deal's been made. We're you know a couple months outside of your original taping. How much engagement has he actually had with you? And where have things started to trend in the positive directions? As you said, you had six hundred dollars in the bank. You had you know uh, fifteen times that in receivables. So there was going to be a, a hot moment to come. How has he helped and what is the trajectory of Turbo Trusser at this point? Yeah, so uh, basically our interactions with Kevin, I, I, we've been on the phone with him once, but we work with his team all at, you know, at least several times a week. I'm in touch with the CEO. Uh, I work with several other people on his team, Kirk and I do. And, uh, you know, he's actually been very engaged. He's posted several videos on his uh, social media accounts, uh, cooking a turkey, cooking a chicken, promoting the product in the Shark Tank. So he's really been engaged. And since the show, we've almost doubled our lifetime sales in three weeks since the show aired. So I think it was uh, in the first nine months, you had sold $90,000 worth of uh, Turbo yeah. Trusters. So you're at 270000 at this point after no, no, air? Double, so double, double, double would okay. be almost yeah. 180000 yeah. Okay, so do you guys make plans on what the first full year revenue benchmark is going to be? Or are you like are you, are, are you yeah, tasked, so Brian, year, this... with, with getting this stuff into more sellable locations? Like, are you the, the sales yeah, guy? So, yeah, a couple of things. So this year we're looking, I mean, our goal this year is to, to hit three or $400,000 in sales. Uh, our first year was last year, we did 50,000. But prior to the show airing, we did 40,000 and we've done almost 180,000 since then. Mm -hmm. um, 
our goal next year is certainly to move into retail in, in the larger retail markets. Um, I think Kevin will have a good chance of getting us on QVC. Uh, we're certainly going to look to move into the Home Depot's Lowe's of the world, into the barbecue section. Um, and then there's always the opportunity that we can certainly be placed into the kitchen section as well. Mm-hmm. We could, you know, certainly do a different packaging. We have uh, another brand name, uh, like I said, Easy Trust. So, you know, we could brand this into more of a kitchen market as well as the barbecue market. So there's a lot of opportunity for us. This is just the beginning, I think, you know, with Kevin on our team and him behind us, the the opportunities really are endless uh, next year and beyond. The bottom line is this. We're really close to Thanksgiving. So stop messing around. This thing is as hot as it gets. Mr. Wonderful has his hands on it. So if you don't act now, you could be without a turbo trusser for this Thanksgiving. And we would hate for that to happen. You might have to wait until next Thanksgiving in order to get it. Um, but don't waste any time. Turbotrusser.com. Uh, anywhere else online that you can get it that would be quick? Yeah, I would say you can go on Amazon, but you got to beware. Since we've been on Amazon, we've got, uh, there's a lot of fraudulent accounts out mm. there. Uh you know, with, with success, you have people that want to come and, and try to, you know, latch on to that success. So, uh, buyer beware on Amazon. We are on there. It's the turbo trusser store. Make sure your product is made in America and sent from America. That is our product. If it's not made in America, it's a fraud. This is Brian and Kirk. They have invented the turbo trusser. They've struck a deal with Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful to buy into the company and it is on a huge trajectory upward here. Everybody's going to have a turbo trusser in their kitchen here, uh, man, woman, or otherwise. Uh, guys, I can't thank you enough for coming on and talking about your background, the inventing stuff, how turbo trusser came to be, and then, of course, breaking down the TV show. It's absolutely fun. It was a great watch, and I'm so happy that you guys were able to put something together that you felt comfortable with and uh, that gives you a a good solid foundation to grow this thing the way you want it. Continued success and love to have you back on to check in and see how everything's going. Yeah. Thanks so much, Greg. We would love, definitely love to come back on, give you an update. Um, we appreciate the opportunity. I'll let Kirk kind of say the same thing. Thank you, Greg. Thanks for the opportunity. And it was, it's been a pleasure uh, talking with you the last uh, couple of hours. All right, guys. Uh, appreciate it. And we will talk to you soon. There they are. Kirk and Brian from Turbo Trusser, TurboTrusser.com, or make sure if you're going to do it on Amazon, because I send a lot of links to people from sites that I know are legit, but everybody wants to try and figure it out on Amazon all on their own, and sometimes that doesn't work out, so there's fraudulent Turbo Trussers out there, so make sure it is the Turbo Trusser site on Amazon that is being made in America, being shipped from America, or just go to TurboTrusser.com, and that way you know where you're at. All right. Whole packers. Oh, what happened? Racks, legs and thighs. I don't know Injecting. what that. Let's try again. Yes, there we go. So we thank Brian and Kirk for joining us. Great insight, great stories. And what a wild ride they've been on over the last year. Great to see them enjoying some success here and uh, happy to track their progress over the next handful of weeks and months to come. 
right, before we wrap up the show, I'll talk to you quickly about Vortec watches. Back in the day, watches were made to be worn in the pocket after World War II. Wristwatches came into vogue, and the pocket watch quickly became an afterthought, finding its way into sock drawers and scrap heaps. And that is a tragedy. Enter Vortec Watch Company, helping bridge the gap between America's storied watch manufacturing past and bringing it to the present day where wristwatches are finding incredible popularity. Here's the coolest part. Each watch that Vortec makes is unique and one of a kind. Vortec founded on the motto that America wasn't assembled, it was built. Check out VorticWatches.com for more information or to purchase. There are some in stock. And by the way, on November 8th, R.T. Custer will be joining us. One of the co-founders of Vortic Watches will be talking about the military issue that will be coming out three days after that on the 11th. So if you are a vintage watch fan, I'm wearing mine uh, tonight. Actually, this was a pocket watch at one point. Now it's a wristwatch. Uh, you can learn all about the military edition. I believe it's the fourth or fifth version of this. VorticWatches.com. That's V-O-R-T-I-C. Watches.com. We're back to wrap the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. But if you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best Triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. All right, we thank Brian and Kirk for joining us from Turbo Truster last two segments, and that was fabulous. I love getting all the insider info on TV shows and asking all the questions that everybody wants to ask. And here are the two guys right on the television that experienced it and were able to talk about my questions, you know, questioning what they did. I mean, you know, that's uh, very douchey, but that's what hosts do. And they were very direct and very upfront. And look at them having success. Very happy about that. By the way, uh, Northeast Ohio guys, how about that? Canton, Ohio, Football Hall of Fame, if you've ever been there. So we thank them for coming on again. TurboTruster.com is their website. All right, let's go ahead and get out of here. We're a little late here. All the way back in the first hour, Rod Gray, CEO of the Kansas City Barbecue Society, joined us to give us an update on his current position and where we might encourage more teams to get involved in competition barbecue. Then we talked with Chris Schaefer, the 2022 Jack Daniels World Champion. And his restaurant is going bonkers because of it. Solely because of it this week, which he said is great. And then the second hour is Brian Kirk of TurboTrust. We're talking about the genesis of the product, getting it to market, and then getting on Shark Tank, and then partnering with Mr. Wonderful, Kevin O'Leary. Congratulations. If you missed the show, don't worry. It's a podcast. Hour number one will be on Wednesday, hour number two Thursday, and don't forget the best moments on Friday. Again, there will be a show. This coming Tuesday, while there wasn't going to be one, there will be one. So embedded correspondents are in. Derek Riches is in, just to name a few. So how do I always leave you? September 11, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, this is your program host, Proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Bye-bye. Sam the Cooking Guy, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Some call him a fool, some even call him a douchebag, but I say Greg Rempe is the greatest thing to happen to barbecue since caveman.